Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. So of all the real estate experiences over the years, it sounds like you've had obviously a lot of really great ones. Any standout is awful. Um, yeah. When we had planned to sell our house in Austin to move to Bellingham, Bill contacted an agent. Uh, he had had an open house up the street. And uh, Bill did the initial uh, uh, conversations with this fellow. And it didn't go well because what he said as far as what he was going to do for us, and he turned out, he, well, to make a long story short, he turned out to be kind of a snake oil salesman, and uh, he was with Remax. Can I say that? Um, you sure can. Yeah, and he was he was a con artist, and uh, and you know we had signed the contract or whatever, you know, and I don't think that we had to uh, anyway. So a- after like after a week, we could tell. Uh oh, this is not going to work. Uh, we Bill talked to the uh, owner or the franchisee or whatever they're called for Remax, and he said, "You know, I want out of this contract." And the guy said mm, he wasn't willing to let us do it. And, Are you uh, serious? Yeah. And uh, well, Bill said, "Well, I'm I'm not going to use that agent." And uh, and one thing that, believe it or not, the we did stay with Remax, not by choice, but because we wanted to get our house sold. And the woman who was quote unquote assigned to us, she was fabulous. She was uh, uh, she was a service oriented person, and she had that. Oh my God! I just remembered she she was originally from Scotland, and uh, she'd been a nurse. And uh, anyway, she you had me at Scotland. <laughs> So, so she became our agent, and she she was one of the agents that I mentioned that we had this wonderful experience with. In addition to Mike, where I was uh, prompted to suggest to Britain that she become a real estate agent. But uh, yeah, this guy at Remax, I mean, he was well, he was pretty much a liar, and I won't go into all the details because it doesn't matter. But yeah, so uh, yeah, and may I ask here, just from my perspective. This new agent comes in to work with you. You don't want to work with this company at this point. And yet here you are telling me about how fabulous it was by the end. What did she do to gain back your trust and make it work? Well, I guess to put it in uh, the most human terms is that she just had a way of connecting. Uh, She was a a very uh, sensitive human being. And, uh, and she was going to, she knew what, she probably thought this guy was, you know, a a charlatan too. And probably she was a little embarrassed that she worked for the same company. I don't know, but she, she just had a a way of uh, humanizing the experience. And not only that, the fellow who bought our house, uh, he, he, he worked for Dell computer in California and he moved, he was moving to Austin and, uh, his agent, uh, who, uh, oh, I remember. She, I don't know her name, and I wouldn't say her name because she turned out to be horrible. But uh, she worked for a company called Amelia Bullock in Austin. And and Jeff, uh, the, the guy who bought our house, he looked to our agent to make things run smoothly because he couldn't count on his agent. And uh, by the time it, it, it was all, yeah, I've had those deals. 
by the time it was all, you know, settled and closed and all that, uh, it was like Jeff and our agent from Remax, and uh, we, we were a team, and his agent was just, she was non-essential. <laughs> that was very polite. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, um, as a realtor over the years, there are deals where sometimes you do a lot more than you think you're going to do or as a sign just to make it happen. And, you know, I think that's the hallmark of a great realtor and speaks to this uh, woman from Scotland, right? It was about making it happen and she made it happen. Yep. Yep. I also think it's kind of interesting because in my experience over the years, there's kind of various parts of the real estate process and different folks are good at different parts of it. And the kind of standouts are the ones that are good at most or all of the parts of it. But, you know, this guy, obviously, that signed the listing agreement was great at getting clients, but horrible at actually providing the service, Uh Um, you know, and that's one of the things I love about being a team with Britain is it's not that we're so completely opposite that we don't work, but we kind of fill in those spaces for each other. And I think it's uh, one of the great parts of teams. Well, I I can relate to that because uh, I think, uh, you know, Bill and I, towards the end of his career, we had uh, our own production company. And when we had some some kind of touchy thing to take care of with uh, a client, and which did happen now and then, but in general terms, everything was, you know, our, our clients loved us. But occasionally there would be someone from a public relations company and uh, they would have expectations that were unrealistic or whatever. And when it when any, anyway, when some of these touchy things would come up, and I'd say to Bill, I said, Oh, I don't, you're going to handle this. And because I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be, uh, the, uh, the white hat. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. And I think, uh, Britain, uh, likes to play that role too. Well, she doesn't play the role. It is her role. And <laughs> so, you know, she can count on that to, to, uh, take care of the more difficult situations. <laughs> she is honestly and truly without a doubt the best realtor I have ever met when it comes to finding solutions to problems that come up during an escrow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. Yep. She's uh, she's good at seeing the bigger picture. And uh... and she's very pragmatic, right? You know, it's there's plenty of us that can see the big picture and like wander off on, you know, bizarre tangents. And she's like, here and now. <laughs> yeah. Well. So... First one was 1971. Right. Um, how has it changed over the decades or not? Uh, well, you know, back when when we bought our first home, I wasn't going to business, as they say. I, I was a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't bring in any income. But then later, after the kids were in school full-time, I went back to work. But in one of the houses that we bought, my income wouldn't even be considered towards qualifying for a mortgage. And so that certainly changed. So wait, why? Just because you were a female? Well, you know what one person said? <laughs> because I was of childbearing years. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, seriously. A banker said that. I mean, we didn't have any trouble getting the mortgage. I mean, they just, they were just telling us what it was like because, you know, not, that, not that we thought, oh, we needed a bigger, fancier home or anything, but we could have, uh, 
if my income had been considered, we could have qualified for something more uh, expensive. Uh, but but it, I mean, we weren't that, that wasn't a huge factor. But it, it was quite a wake up call because I thought I was kind of proud of myself because I, I was working, you know, and I was a, a good mom, too. And I, I was doing it all. But it was like I didn't count. It is just so offensive on a human personal level. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, not to use a trite saying, but we've come a long way, baby. And yet. Yeah, and yet. There is so far to go. <laughs> so anything else you want to say about real estate? Um, Your daughter? Great stories you want to tell the internet? <laughs> well, uh, I'll say something about Britain that really speaks to her success with with you and in life in general. Britain has always been a very, very uh, positive person and I can't think of one thing that she ever felt like, oh, I can't do that because it was always more more like, I'm going to do that because I can. And uh, nothing ever held her back. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of her. And I'm I'm so glad that, uh, oh, yeah, I'm so glad that after she moved to San Francisco, she ran into Brian at Kite Hill. Hill. Remember they had lost touch? I know. It's, it's such an awesome story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Their dogs brought them back together. Exactly. Y.D. and Fred. Yep. Because Brian recognized Y.D. before he saw Britain. Yep. <laughs> called him up on, or called Y.D. her, and, uh, and and Britain told us the story, and she, Brian, this voice said, Britain, is that you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kristen and Britain and, and Brian go back a long way, back to Austin, before you even came into the picture. I know. A long, long way. Yeah. And the very first time, I don't know if it was the very first time, but one of the first times I came to San Francisco, I was staying with some friends who lived near Mission Dolores Park and took a hike one morning and completely by accident ended up at Kite Hill and was sitting on the bench thinking, someday I want to live here. Oh, yeah? And then Brian and I actually rented a house uh, right against Kite Hill uh, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Brian and Britain reconnected at Kite Hill. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did Britain ever tell you that uh, when she was a very little girl, uh, we lived in San Francisco before we moved to Marin, and we lived down in the marina. We rented a place. It was 21 Retiro Way. And uh, and here's a little story about Britain. She loved uh, picking up rubber bands on the sidewalk. That might sound like, why would anybody do that? And why would they be there? But the... Can I, can I tell you something? Just... I, mean, I, I Cannot wait to hear the story, but I have to interrupt and say, if you were a parent in 2018 that put or allowed your child, your small child to play with rubber bands, you would be shunned and probably sued. <laughs> you know, child protective services. But anyway, right. Kristen and Britain would uh, ride their little tricycles all over the marina and the, the, the paper delivery people would put a rubber band. I, I, I have no idea why there were so many rubber bands on the sidewalk. But Britain would stop like every five feet and pick up rubber bands and her tricycle handlebar. They were covered with rubber bands. And uh, and <laughs> she had uh, she had really interesting hobbies. And that was that was one of them. Like, <laughs> I love the story. <laughs> and, uh, and then do you remember when uh, in Red Rose Tea? Did your mom ever buy that? 
Red zinger tea? Like the red hibiscus? No, red rose tea. It was it came in a little box and it was tea bags. And, and in each box, there was a little animal, a little porcelain animal. No. Britain collected the animals? Yes. And, and there was one. It was a, it was, I think it was a, uh, well, it was a little dog. And, uh, oh my God, it could have been, uh, Bowie, but, uh, <laughs> and it had these ears that just stuck up in the air and, and, and Britain named it, uh, it was her pick. And, and we got a big kick out of her because Bill would say, well, Britain, uh, what is that? And she said, well, that's my pick. And anyway, so she had her little collection of porcelain animals, mainly dogs. She has loved animals since she was a little girl. Yeah. Apparently. Well. Yeah, well, she was going to be a, a veterinarian at one point in her life. But um, Bill reminded her that he said, Pumpkin, you're going to have to take care of animals that are sick also. And she said, oh, well, maybe I won't be a veterinarian. <laughs> she wanted all the animals to be well. I love that story. <laughs> all right. I think I've embarrassed my business partner enough. <laughs> nah, let's talk some more. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Mickey. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. It's been fun. And I, I wish you and your team uh, continued success. And, uh, and and someday there will be Jackson Fuller offices all over the Bay Area. The pressure is on. <laughs> thank you. That's a very generous compliment. Yeah, the whole starting a brokerage thing has been, it's been really great. Yeah, I could talk about it for hours. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I think it's a. I I think it's really something that all of you should be very excited and proud about because uh, that's a huge step. And uh, God, one day it just seemed like you just made it happen. Like it was magic. That speaks to Brandon Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Okay. <laughs> we'll say hi to your Brian and Audrey, and uh, and I guess I'll I'll listen to the podcast someday. <laughs> Yay. Oscar Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Wow.